You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 234, for the week of 17th of August 2016. I'm Ben, and ably assisting me with this episode as co-pilot, navigator, and redshirt ensign, respectively, are... Justin. Adam. And Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, the pop culture superstore, and actionfigureblues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the SH Figure Arts Trunks Premium Colour Edition figure, the Hasbro Star Wars Black Ahsoka Tano, the Palisades Muppets Super Grover, and the Mattel DC Multiverse Suicide Squad Batman figure. gentlemen <laughs> is that a sigh of happiness <laughs> yeah. to anyone uh, listening to the show it sounds like uh, you know they've listened to about one minute of intro and then you know we're we're meeting and greeting but um skype has ensured that we've we've known each other's intimate details <laughs> yeah <laughs> for about the last uh, 45 minutes anyway all good yep, yep. oh good <laughs> uh, i found it just representative of um internet-based technology for the whole week, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the census census was actually the third major fuck-up that I'd had that day (laughs) on Tuesday. Um, So, yeah, this is just like the the icing on the week. Yeah, it was was a great great day for technological um, failure, if you had one, because the uh, census certainly took the the eye off anything you might have been doing. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Justin, did you get yours done? Yes, within about 10 minutes. I finished Fantastic. work and um, made some lunch and sat down and did it. And uh, my wife just said, I'm not doing this. So you, you can do it. <laughs> so I was relegated and uh, done in, done and dusted in 10 minutes. And I didn't even realize because I was tinkering, tinkering around all the rest of the afternoon. And when I got to work, my boss was like, oh, did you were you able to do it? I said, yeah, what's the problem? He said, oh, no, it's, all, it's been stuffed up. I was like, oh, okay, well, now. It was good for me. So. Ah, very good. Very good. And so what else has been happening? Um, I just um, have concerns of my kids because they've been doing really well in school and so forth uh, lately. <laughs> so these are, the, these are the kids that don't eat um, spaghetti, right? So they refuse to eat spaghetti bolognese. So because they've Twice been doing so well, I thought, okay, I'll give them a lunchbox treat for Monday and bought them um, – Wagon wheels for recess, pack their wagon wheels. And when they came home, they said, oh, what did you pack? They're disgusting. So, yeah, so they don't like wagon wheels either, which is ridiculous. Should we explain for non-Australians you didn't pack like a circle of wood? (laughs) (laughs) They they have an American equivalent. I'm trying to remember what it's called. It just doesn't have the layer of jam in it from memory. So it's basically chocolate, biscuit. Jam and that fake cream stuff, biscuit, chocolate again. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, in a small wheel shape. So, <laughs> yeah, no good apparently. No, uh, did you write them out of the wheel? Oh, look, I just went. Okay, well, that's a shame. I'm gonna have to eat them now. <laughs> like, like wagon wheels still taste all right, right? It's not like 
They went through uh, a bit of yeah, new yeah, shapes, flavors. No new time. recipe, no. no. Okay. I, um, I, I brought a box of them recently because it was like for a box of 10, like $3 at the supermarket. So I brought them and took them into work. And I hadn't had one in years and neither had anyone else around. But we <laughs> chowed into them and shared memories of an ad with the grasshopper saying, eat the wagon wheel, eat the wagon wheel. <laughs> That's right. Playground staple. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Excellent, excellent. Adam, any uh, confectionery in your week? Um, licorice all sorts, and that's about it. You know, <laughs> all the health food that you require when finishing off um, a bid for for submission, and you're in yes. the last couple of weeks. Good on you, because it's kept you busy for quite some time. Yeah, so I've got three weeks until I go on nine weeks of long service leave. Ah, oh, very mm. nice. Yeah. Very nice indeed. Mm. Outstanding. Excellent. And what about you, Mr. Eddie? Anything uh, other than wagon wheels? Yeah, I've had a uh, good week. I didn't have any census trouble myself. I got home from work and did it and, yeah, then saw later all the ones. So don't know yeah. where that came from. I did have trouble, though. I was getting cranky with um, because I'm a big buyer of comic books and Marvel have the redeem codes. Mm. I had a week of a lot of my redeem codes being stuffed up. <laughs> so I contacted their customer service and were like, here are my eight books that the code's not redeeming the right book. Like the Spider-Man Amazing 16 was redeeming the old Amazing Spider-Man 16 and all this stuff. And I mentioned I was having trouble with an X-Men one, but I forgot to put the code in there and the proof of purchase with the photo with the code and that. And they sent a thing back saying, oh, we just need the proof that you brought this issue that you said that you brought and that and I was just thinking like well out of like seven other codes that I've sent you with that matching code picture you would think that I'm not the type of person who's now going to try and rob you of an X-Men issue seven in the middle of a three-arc run and you can clearly see I've brought the other ones around it for the last couple of yeah, so I was a bit of a grumpy. <laughs> I understand the poor customer service person at the other end's just doing their job and would get in trouble if there wasn't one. But yeah, it's just that weird. <laughs> I uh, every every Saturday, my oldest does cheerleading, and it's um, one of those sports where parents get a little bit too enthusiastic. So you're actually not allowed to stay and watch. And uh, you've got a, a few sort of uh, options and I usually find things to do. I've got a storage unit not far from where they do it. So I'll often go and throw some, throw some things in there or get some stuff out that I know I'm going to review, etc. cetera. At, uh, I finished early today, so I was just sort of sitting out in my car um, waiting for it to finish. And on my tablet, I've been reading a lot of really old Marvel comics and uh, I've been working my way through the Avengers and while the stories and that are, are great fun and seeing stuff from John Basima and Gene Colan and all those kind of guys, I'm actually really enjoying all the ads as well. <laughs> and uh, all those kind of memories have come flooding back. But one of the things that keeps getting me is obviously you've got the um, things like the sea monkeys and stuff like that. But there are those pages that just seem to be made up of miscellaneous little ads uh, for, you know, for people who didn't have enough money to to buy out the whole page or whatever. And every now and then I just get this temptation to go, I wonder if I just like send something away to every single address on here, what would come back? <laughs> I'm just, just going to write to every single, you know, it's like, you know, uh, send, you know, 50 cents 
for blah, blah, blah to this address. And I wonder if anything would actually come back now. Get your grit magazine to sell. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not expecting to actually get any X-ray glasses, but I'm wondering if the people who live at that address now you know, would actually uh, respond or you know, whether someone's beaten me to the idea and now they just get pissed off and <laughs> you know, send the police instead. No. <laughs> anyway, it's one of those things to ponder that I, I do in my uh, brief moments of uh, downtime. I used to love American ads in comic books and yeah. seeing all the things. That I remember seeing an ad for a place called Subway. I was like, what is that fast food? I can't <laughs> quite make it. They don't seem to have chips with it. How's that? Mm. <laughs> I think the now one, they have chips. The one that lured me in the most was um, the one that was always on the back cover with that Roman army that followed on the heels of the footlocker with the, uh, the, the U.S. military. And there was a Roman one that had the the um, chariots and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it was like $2 for this <laughs> locker of, of figures. And, of course, you know, I had no idea at the time that they were probably only about you know, half an inch tall and made of cheap plastic. But, hmm. uh, it'd be nice to actually sit down one day and talk to a bunch of uh, middle-aged comic readers who did actually send away for all that stuff to find out exactly what you got. And, you know, what was any good? Yeah. Did the x-ray specs actually work? <laughs> I'm suspecting no, but, you know. <laughs> yes. Anyway, lots of uh, toys to talk about tonight. Four, count them, four toys of the week. But uh, before we get on to those, we're going to come back with some articulated news. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulate. Edited News is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And Eddie is kicking things off. <laughs> that I am. So my first bit of news is from McFarlane, and it is the announcement of a new Walking Dead box set, which is Daryl and his motorbike. Now, you might be a bit confused because we've had this before, <laughs> but this is a new bike he's coming with. So uh, I'm not up to season five. I'm terribly behind in my Walking Dead, but it looks like he acquires a – is that a World War Two kind of style? Uh, 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 um, I think it's a bit so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think let's just leave it at that for the sake of spoilers. Um, but yes, this is Daryl's new bike. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you get his new bike there. And looking at the figure, it seems to be the same one that came before. The rips on his knee seem to be right. But I can't remember if he had bare arms or that in the old figure. So he might have a new upper body but i think most of the actual figure um is uh just a reissue there but uh he's a popular character and one that the this sort of better sculpt has been a little harder to come by uh so if you're looking to grab that and also get a nice detailed bike for figure mm. collections there could be a option in there. i'm actually wondering whether uh i mean i must yeah, I'm trying to remember whether his clothing is any different at this point in time because this is um, very recent that he gets the the newer bike. But I'm trying, given that they've been through the ringer a fair bit, whether his clothing is any different. I so. I seem to remember him with bare arms for some reason in this mm. sculpt. So I could be wrong. Maybe they just gave him bare arms for that grave digger one where he has the handkerchief yeah. around his face, but. Yeah, for some reason I picture him having 
bare arms, but with that leather leather yeah, jacket. So I'm not too sure if that's the new part to him, or and particularly oh. now, I think it's getting colder as the seasons go on. Maybe he's yeah. covered up a bit more. No, got I some new tattoos, and they didn't want to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully he's updated. It'd be nice to know that um, they've updated his look as well as the bike. Yeah, it'd be nice for the Daryl collectors to oh, this little cool. change coming through. Uh, speaking of collectors of a certain character, my next bit of news uh, is one that both made me happy and made my wallet sad, and that is a <laughs> Deadpool uh, Nendoroid. Uh, so these are the little squat bodies with the big round uh, heads but highly articulated. Uh, they're usually anime characters. I think this is... One of the more rarer sort of Western characters being done mm. in this style. I know they've done a couple of Batmans. They've done Iron Man before. And and an Iron Man. Um, but uh, I think, were both of those movie-based? I believe the Iron Man was, at least. Yeah, I think Iron Man definitely was. Yeah, so this might be their first foray into the comic uh, side of Marvel. And it's Deadpool, who's my guy, and he's got lots of cool. They're doing the swap-out eyes again, a uh, couple of different accessories with his swords. I think my favourite addition here is his pantsless body. Uh, <laughs> so it's just him, bare legs, with his little love hearts uh, there. But, uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for this guy, so uh, my opinion's always going to be uh, biased. But would uh, you guys be tempted if they did your favourite comic characters in this style? Oh. For me, for sure, like this is fun. Yeah, I, I don't normally go in for the stylized thing that much. I'm sort of yeah beyond the, the Marvel Legends type of thing. But with all the articulation as well, this actually does look a lot of fun. I'm very tempted because I don't know how many might um, know this one, but towards the midpoint of Joe Kelly's run, he introduced a character called Widow Wade uh, <laughs> that was basically a little person version of. Uh, Deadpool, uh, who was uh, trained as a sumo wrestler. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, of course. Uh, 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 this might actually fit quite well in a collection against uh, um, Marvel Legends as a little widowade on the side. It's a way of getting him in there. So uh, I'll be tempted to see how he scales up. So what are we looking at price-wise for something like this? Uh, these guys, generally around kind of the 80 Australian, I want to say. Mm. Uh, 65 us apparently 65 so that'd be more 100 120 yeah yeah kind of um revoltic kind of yeah yeah and generally they're they're fairly kitted out in sort of a larger box one like i wouldn't be surprised if he comes with more than what we're sort of seeing here Mm. Mm. these little uh preview image ones and it can depend i've noticed the price seems to vary a fair bit depending on the store and obviously the exchange rate at the time that the store yeah, uh, yeah. brought them in. So we can see. Yeah. But one thing I have noticed in the few times I've looked at uh, Nendoroids, <laughs> uh, I always need to say it slow, I can't pronounce that, <laughs> uh, is they do seem to be frequently KO'd. So it might be worth being careful if you're buying uh, from a second-hand seller or a seller like on eBay that you haven't really used before because I know like there was a Sonic one that was very heavily 
taken off and a few other ones. So uh, mm. keep the eye out there. But then there were ones like the link that were fairly heavily purchased by spots like Amazon and that, and you could pick up fairly easily and fairly cheap. So hopefully it's another case of that. Mm, and cool. uh, speaking of guys that come kitted out, uh, probably one of the first famous guys for carrying lots of guns. <laughs> Always having infinite storage is the Doom Marine from the video game Doom. And we have a six-scale version coming from 3A Toys uh, that looks to be based on the new game from Bethesda. And it looks awesome. I uh, This is one, probably one of my most tempted points I've been for a 3A figure because I love, I mean, I'm a kid of the 90s, like Doom. Yeah. Hours. And hours and hours into that, and <laughs> uh, we really haven't had too much merchandise for what a large yeah, pop yeah. impact that game had. Uh, there hasn't been too much, so I am uh, liking seeing these ones. So he's he's going to do a bit more damage to your bank account. He's about two hundred and sixty uh, US dollars, but you do get a few bits and bobs with him. So he has his uh, full armor suit there. He's kind of a master chief. Uh, looking guy also comes with a plasma rifle a, a super shotgun and a combat shotgun and some swappable hands in That's there as well uh, i think it's all the weathering and the detailing on his mm. suit accessories that just really make this guy shine that's and the so, weapons too yeah. I'm looking at yeah. the super the combat shotgun and it's got um well, it's got a sort of extensive weathering on it, like scrap, not just the uh, sort of shading and stuff to highlight it, but it's got scratches and it looks sort of beaten to hell. That's, um, oh, yeah, it's been through hell, so. Yeah. There's some really nice subtle woodwork going on on the, the shotgun yeah. handle too. It's not that overly swirl of the darkened wood, but there's just light little layers mm. of it there. And, but, yeah, just, oh, I love it. Even the colour of the armour is uh, spot on. That's, um, yeah. Yeah. that's uh that's really nice that weathering on the art i was just sort of looking at the the orangey bits and they're sort of really heavily weathered with some uh some nice kind of uh, shading and stuff there that's a nice effort that's a, yeah. a, a good looking figure and really for that kind of price that's uh that's pretty reasonable now i know it wasn't in the new game as far as i know but i would have loved to have had a swap out head of it just getting more and more beaten up mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i remember those days when you could also put in the cheat and have unlimited ammo yeah and try and finish the game with the chainsaw <laughs> uh, excellent that's very nice mm. i do like that all right, very good. Thank you, sir. And we're moving on. And, Justin, you're uh, talking about something in the same scale. Yeah, so coming soon to uh, Sideshow, we have the Batman Rebreather six-scale figure. Um, so this is a Hot Toys. Uh, this is from Suicide Squad. So it's Batman with his uh, breathing apparatus, which is known as a Rebreather. And I guess that's every variation of Batman ever made now. So if Honestly. We're up to date. I, wow. <laughs> uh, uh... Having the movie, going to see it tomorrow night. So I, I guess this is a, a fairly obvious scene from the movie. So uh, oh, I just have to sort of reserve any comments mm. then. But you know, this is borderline um, house party protocol with Iron Man, really. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'm waiting for the um, Kevin Smith Batman shits his pants. 
Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only one I can think of that hasn't been done, right? I, but, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Like, I've mocked the Hot Toys Iron Man's endlessly from the house party that there are people paying two or $300 for these one six scale figures that were on screen for you know, mere seconds. And, and some of them, I think, are even quite dubious that they're in the film at all. Uh, but obviously there are fans out there who buy them and I assume there are Bat fans out there that buy them. But, you know, I'd have to wonder whether this is the sort of thing that you'd eventually just find on the secondary market cheap because it's sitting unsold in stores. Mm. Yeah. Don't know. I'll, I'll be talking a little bit on it later, so I'll stay. Mm. Look, it's quite nice. It's it's certainly you know beautifully sculpted. I'm just looking at the detail and the rebreather and sort of the the, the mask, etc. Gosh, I wish that mask had lenses in it. Anyway, that's me. That's the next figure. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, yes, well, uh, this one's a bit weird. So this is uh, Crayola, Crayola Kid Robot Money World Zip, uh, yeah, Zipper. Uh, sorry, Zipper Pool Keychain Series. So it's basically the colours of Crayola. I'm trying to remember what they were. So it was like a uh, anyone from memory. There was a like burnt sienna and uh, oh, okay. very yeah, strange yeah. colours like that. So <laughs> these are basically blind box uh, little what, uh, vinyl bro- uh, sort of from Kid Robot. So they've got the stock standard, um, you know, exaggerated features with the head and the short arms and so forth. But there's looks like there's hippo characters as well. And so basically they're... Blind boxed, uh, twenty five units, and it is they're three ninety nine each. So I guess it's everything's been blind boxed now as well. Going along the lines of Batman, every figure's been made. So someone's colours. We're into colours. I'll swap you an orange for a for a pink. So yeah. do yeah. do people actually buy zipper pools? Um, I, 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 I would is think it's something. A, yeah, bigger thing in in the US, I'd say where. School kids basically carry their bags around all the time, sort of thing. I yeah. can't imagine any other. Um, I yeah, my maybe kids don't. Uh, maybe it's you know huge in Japan or something to yeah, have maybe little cute things hanging off the zippers of your bags and stuff. But uh, you know, I I don't tend to see this sort of thing much. Like when I'm at my tadpoles school, I don't know. No, me either. I I, I have kids here all the time, and I. Never noticed anything like that at all. Mm. I think this is an interesting choice. I mean, they're obviously based on the money, the M-U-N-N-Y yeah. sort of kid robot property and, and variation thereof. But well, I suppose if it floats your boat, good luck to you. One of those things, if it works, it could be a money maker because then you just swap the different bodies for different colors again and you could repeat this box almost at infinite. Mm. Mm. Yeah. True, yeah, true. All right, on to something a bit more expensive. Okay, the next bit of news is Ghostbusters 110th art scale statues from Iron Studios. So we're looking at all the gang together here. Uh, we have uh, Zool, not Dana, Slimer, four Ghostbusters. Um, very impressive. I think we're, we're a bit Ghostbusters out at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah. go to Big W and buy, you know, both sets, they're just sitting there. I saw the um, the plushies of the marshmallow men today, which are a bit tempting. You got the the red one and the half burnt one. So I looked at those for for a second, and then uh, they actually press press their stomach and they play the theme song from Ghostbusters. That's right. 
it has to be one of those properties where if you know if it was your thing like if it was your movie came out at that right time or whatever and you're a huge fan you must be just loving it mm. like, just for years there wasn't a whole lot of merchandise and suddenly it's just everywhere and everything yeah so I, rem- I remember this huge craze because I would have been in probably year four or so at school. Yeah. But it, it hasn't really translated for me to buy any merch- merchandise further down the road. I, like I, I do enjoy the movies uh, basically because I do love Bill Murray um, and I I just I see it all the time but I, I'm just never really tempted to buy anything from that world. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I enjoy the movie and I like the look and feel etc and i've walked past the figures as well uh and i often think that you know if they suddenly get discounted i might pick them up but Mm. eddie you're a bit more of a fan than us um i am i'm a big ghostbusters fan i was at that right age for in fact some of the earliest things i remember buying is the figures from the cartoon series like it wasn't till a little bit later on like i was still young that i found the movies um but I'm almost a bit t- this teamed out in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> mm. they've just had so many versions of this team and they don't have outfit changes or that really at all. So it's mm. a lot of these four guys in those uniforms and all four of them wear the exact same uniform yeah. uh, released again. And so I've got the selects, I've got the Mattel ones that have been done and it was exciting. Like when those Mattel ones came out, it was brilliant to be finally getting figures in that uniform. But now, and maybe this was because I was introduced to it through the cartoon, I'm kind of like, oh, well, where's my figure of um, the, you know, Lorenzo Peter Venkman with the brown and the uh, Ray Frank Welker and the that's and the Maurice LaMarche Egon and uh, <laughs> all, all that. I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them tackle other areas of Ghostbusters. Now, the extreme Ghostbusters yeah. of the 90s cartoon, like, tap into some other parts of the license. It's kind of an interesting one too because Iron Studios are the guys that are bringing us a lot of uh, quarter-scale statues that have entered into the market uh, and seem to be doing things in a number of scales. And so one-tenth, and apparently this is art scale, whatever yeah. that is, but these are one-tenth scale statues. Now, if I'm thinking this through correctly, one-tenth would make, um, you know, a six-foot man about seven and a bit inches tall mm. and that puts them pretty much in the sort of marvel select scale yeah mm. so you'd really want to be won over by the likenesses and the detail etc because you're probably going to be paying a fair bit for something that you could just pick up as an action figure yeah, well, they've had a few Marvel ones come out in this scale, and they actually they do come across as quite small. And then you see the two hundred plus dollar price tag on them mm. in stores like Zing and that, and it would be real because they did a really nice Deadpool at the beginning of the year. But yeah, like you'd look at it and go, "Oh, that's nice," and then oh, like two hundred and twenty dollars for yeah that seven inch guy kind of just standing there, like it. It's a hard trigger to pull, but they do look fantastic in person. They do put great detail in. Yeah, look, I think for me, when it comes to statues, bigger the better. Um, Mm. And then, you know, I keep my statues and my action figures separate. So, But anyway, moving on to something incredibly exciting and I just can't wait. Adam. Yeah, look, uh, I'm going to apologise to everyone up front that doesn't believe (laughs) 
the vampires sparkle when they're in the sun and instead believes that they turn to ash or burn. Because this is uh, Funko Pop's entry into the Twilight Saga. Um, Fine. <laughs> yeah. Whew, I've been waiting to, uh, to not buy these for a long time. Um, <laughs> so so let, me, let me continue with, you know, giving you a lineup of who you get rather than just mocking people. Um, there's three variants of Edward Cullen um, wearing apparently a, a peacoat um, jacket. There's one that's just the standard version. There's a, a Barnes & Noble, Noble exclusive where he's, um, he's apparently in vampiric form. Um, and there was, I think it was an SDC, no, a Hot Topic exclusive. So you have to go to Hot Topic. Uh, um, and, and that's the sparkly one. So he's clearly been sunbathing or something. There's um, a Bella, um, just in, like, jeans and a jumper-looking thing. There's a shirtless Jacob, because, you know, why not? Um, a shirt. Yeah. Um, there's Bella in a wedding dress. Um, there is Edward in a tuxedo. And there is um, Jane in apparently two versions of Volturi garb. And uh, one is just the standard version where she doesn't have a hood on. And the other one is a New York Comic Con exclusive where she does have a hood on. So um, these will be out far too soon for my liking. Uh, Apparently um, in September. And uh, the less I talk about this, the better. (laughs) Now, I don't expect an answer here, but is this the first time Twilight has been done as a pop vinyl? And... I guess the main reason I'm asking is we've only just sort of come out the other end of the whole Twilight, you know, movie saga thing and popularity and blah, blah, blah. So I just think this is a bit of a a, a late effort. And I thought Funko would have moved on this uh, uh, much, much earlier to try and capitalise on the popularity because I think, you know, wouldn't most of the Twilight fans that were getting uh, involved in the movies probably have, you know, grown up and moved on? Uh, I yeah, so. it's. I tend Says to see adult stuff. men that still buy toys. <laughs> clearance, like, yeah. like I just, I still find Twilight stuff in clearance bins. Like it's, yeah. I don't think it translated that well to merchandise by the end. No, those necker figures, they they're everywhere. Oh, for, yeah. Yeah. There's places that actually offer you ten bucks to take them. Like, <laughs> so mm. I'm seeing two things that are Twilight related that are vinyl. One is like LPs. Um, and the other is apparently there's a, a My Little Pony called Twilight that gets the occasional vinyl collectible, <laughs> and that's it. Mm. Mm. I think the best thing out of this is they'll reuse that hair, so I can see a, a lot of these components being reused for other stuff down the track. So, Yeah. Well, they've got the shirtless one for when they do the FB. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, straight. In fact, I thought that was me. <laughs> there you go. All right, okay. moving on. Moving on from Ben and his... Uh, Funko pop sized head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next up, resemble that remark. We have um, Bleacher Creatures debuting a line of Marvel Universe um, plushies. I think this is their second wave. So they're um, claimed to be incredibly true to life, 10 inch tall plush figures, including Marvel Spider. So they've got uh, Marvel Spider Gwen. They have. <clears throat> The Miles Morales Spider-Man, they have the classic Iron Man, and uh, the Deadpool X-Force variant. And, so which um, bit's true to life? Yeah, that's what I was I think the fact where they all like vaguely, like, badly formed dildos. 
Because <laughs> there are people that I've seen that look like badly formed dildos. <laughs> <laughs> they're um, they're very odd. Yeah. Ooh. Don't quite know who they're aiming these at. I actually own the regular Deadpool of these, <laughs> but in fairness, it was a gift from someone who knows that I like Deadpool. Right, right. And so she got me that. And I can tell you, these things have the quality of the uh, like plush toys you get at the like fair show that come in a show bag. And it's kind of like a human body with like a printed material that's going to crack the moment you push down on mm-hmm. that soft part. Oh, oh, it's that Brilliant. stuff. It's kind of those ones, yeah. They look to me exactly like the things you get out of those machines at the arcade, you know, with the crane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly that kind of quality. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, all right. Well. I don't uh, – they should be available starting August 12th, so they should already be out. And um, they haven't told us how much they cost, but it's going to be too much for me. Right. Yeah. Depends how many of the milk bottles you knock down. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Those milk bottles, they're glued on hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll, uh, I'll wrap up with my last piece of news um, before handing over to you, Ben. And uh, it's that Kids Logic are doing a 185th scale, because we clearly measured it, um, magnetic levitating ML04 dropship from Aliens. So this is the... Uh, the thing that you get in so that you can take off and nuke, the, nuke it from orbit. Um, it'll be out May next year. And it'll go for 225 US. So it's uh, mm. about 13 inches long. comes with a magnetic levitating base, uh, five LED light-up points, movable wings, and again, they've said that it comes with a magnetic levitating base with light-up function. So apparently the, leg- the magnetic levitating base is um, pretty good. Hmm. So this is the uh, the same folks that made the Iron Man that I reviewed sort of a, a dozen shows ago um, that uh, sits there and spins on the base. And I was actually really impressed with the um, the craftsmanship. Uh, there was no part that sort of gave me the impression that it was really cheap. And uh, I think this is a really clever idea, actually. Uh, when you look at that technology, you have to sort of wonder who else they can adapt and I can see them eventually moving on to other superheroes. Uh, that seemed pretty obvious, most particularly from Marvel and DC, but I, I didn't actually give any consideration to something like this with a ship. Mm. And other than the price, I actually think this is pretty darn awesome. Mm. Uh, we think the most obvious thing they do here is Marty McFly on a hoverboard. Yes. Well, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I to, you need some length to, mm. to sort of give it some stability, but... Um, I think they've actually listened to the podcast because in the past I've actually complained when they talk about um, fictional vehicles like this when they say it's 185th scale and it's like, yeah, that's really helpful, guys, because I know exactly how long that ship is so I can calculate it. Um, But they have actually included and said that 185th scale makes it 13 inches long and that's freaking huge. Yeah. 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 Because the Iron Man was... about seven inches, so this is thirteen. That's that's huge, and the price compared to what those Ironmans go for is actually quite reasonable. Yeah, uh-uh. it's only one thing I don't like, and that's the uh, the nameplate on the base. Ah, uh, of course, mm. but that's just me. You can just point that's that not... into the corner. And... Uh, yeah, looks like there's some serious lights in it too, because the, the Iron Man had several lights, and I can see, gosh, at least five different points. Mm just in the promo shot. 
Yeah, that's bass, pretty cool. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, is it bass heavy for that Iron Man one? Very, very. Oh, okay. yeah, so yeah. I wonder double the size. Yep. How heavy it's going to be. Yeah, because of course it's got the the actual magnet inside mm, it. Well, so you've got this. Thinking. Yeah, you've got this giant iron ring basically yeah. inside mm. it. So it's got some serious weight to it. Fantastic. All right. Well, moving on, and uh, I've got the last couple of pieces of news. First one is from Sideshow Collectibles, and we got a look, uh, look at this at the San Diego Comic Con, and we heard about the preview just slightly before that. And Sideshow are moving into another um, creator license. Uh, this is obviously something they've been working on with Stanley Art Germ Lau. And Stanley has uh, designed a premium format statue, which means it's quarter scale. Uh, not sure if there's any mixed media in it, but it is Stanley Art Germ Lau's Pepper. And there's not much more to go on than that. doesn't mm. sort of give us too much of an idea other than she's an intergalactic traveller. And, um, yeah, so anyway, pretty, uh, pretty healthy lass in a very tight outfit with some yeah, what looks to be sort of some really cool retro sci-fi type stuff. Feels uh, very much like it's modelled on sort of old Flash Gordons or yeah. something like that. And, yeah, looks pretty groovy. Kind of looks like she was bitten by a set of radioactive beats by Dre. That's right. Yes, yes, she does have a a helmet with what appears to be some sort of built-in phonics going on. And, uh, and yeah, look, I think this is very nice. Uh, it's just the problem is it's four hundred and thirty dollars, and will be out uh, about third quarter twenty seventeen. Uh, and I'm not in the uh, I'm not in the market for collecting a new line, but it is very nice. Uh, one thing of interest is there is a Sideshow exclusive, and that is a metal art print with a display stand, which is, um, to my knowledge, they haven't done with a premium format statue before. You do get art prints, but they don't, uh, they're certainly not metal and they don't come with a stand, but um, something obviously you can display along this uh, well proportioned lass and sculpted by Steve Schumacher. So. Very cool, but uh, probably not for me at that price point. Hmm. All right. Well, last bit of news. Storm Collectibles has announced a 1/12th scale, so around 6 inches, uh, uh, M, oh, sorry, yeah, M. Bison from Street Fighter. Now, given that he's uh, a big chap, I imagine he's taller than the 1/12th scale 6-inch measurement point. Uh, he certainly does look rather well built here so i think they said he is 185 millimeters tall so 18 and a half centimeters 30 points of articulation and he comes with an absolute crap load of stuff so three swap out faces two power effects a psycho axe effect uh exchangeable flying motion cape mm. that's pretty cool yeah mm. four pairs of hands a stand with a logo yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Looks spot on, doesn't he? He looks yeah. uh, very cool indeed. That's nice. No idea. It's uh, produced by Hive, uh, the Hive, oh, sorry, Studio Hive, who do quite a lot of sculpting uh, in the toy and statue industry. Damn, that I'm, I'm quite impressed sort of with that articulation point, given how big the figure is. And he's got those groovy shoulders that lay to bring the arms right around the front of the body. Yeah, I think that uh, combination of chest, ab, crunch joint thing, the, the swivel, it helps a lot too. 
Yeah, it's nicely hidden. Yeah. Mm. I like that. It looks like a seam in the uniform. Now the question and I'm going to ask is, have we seen any other characters? I think we've seen a Ryu. Have we? Okay. I think Ryu was, and like that was only fairly recently. That was, I think, might have been lost in our news around sort of that early San Diego yeah. period or when we did sort of just a whole bunch of Toy of the Weeks ones. But, yeah, I think there was a Ryu just fairly recent. Yeah. Well, this is a nice little figure. I like that a lot. I'll be mm. curious to see how much they go for around these parts. I'm liking seeing more um, just plain plastic figures coming in the 1-6 scale. Mm. So, uh, I'm, I'm liking this kind of high-end, just no mixed media, just sculpt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very good. All right. Well, that wraps up our articulated news, and we'll be back with our first Toy of the Week. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Or for a real challenge, build King Kong on top of the Twin Towers. When you're finished, they make a great addition to any kid's room. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection. And Adam is kicking off the first of four Toys of the Week. Thank you, Van. Uh, as has been teased in the, the intro to the show, um, I am covering the SH Figure Arts Trunks Premium Colour Edition uh, Dragon Ball Z figure from Figure Arts. Um, this was obviously a Bandai Tamashii Nations um, figure again. Uh, released this year, I got mine this year. It's an action figure, I believe it goes for about $46 US, or it did on initial release. Um, the... The concept here, um, I guess, is the original figure arts for Dragon Ball Z weren't done in quite the numbers. I think they do some of the more recent ones in. Um, some of them are popular characters, and the original versions were all the manga colouring, um, whereas the premium colours are all the anime colouring. So they get that opportunity when they re-release, essentially, a figure to do a different colour scheme, and, you know, they'll get people that didn't have the original can get one and everyone else that might want to have the anime and the manga versions goes and buys another version. Not that we know anyone like that. Um, so I do have the original um, and I do have the new version um, and there are basically no sculpt differences that I can tell. Um, the colour differences are definitely there. The packaging, I haven't got the packaging out for the original. I believe it's pretty much the same, apart from the premium colour says that it's premium colour. Um, so not a great deal of surprise there. Um, you have the same extras um, in terms of faces, hands, that kind of thing. You don't get any, you know, flight stand or uh, effects parts, which is the same as what happened with Super Sa uh, the original um, Vegeta, um, which... You know, I found a bit disappointing, but there you go. Um, so, you know, you've got your standard Dragon Ball Z window um, 
packaging with a tray that has a cover over the top so you can keep all your parts and take it out and put everything back together. Um, so yes, it's, you know, collector friendly. Yes, you've got the poses on the back of some things you could do with your figure um, to give you some ideas. Uh, the the thing about one of the other things I think is quite interesting with the re-releases is that I'm pretty sure that is exact exactly the same tray. Um, so I don't think they've tried anything else in terms of coming up with better hand storage options or face storage options because those things just go all over <laughs> the place. Face when you storage. Open, they go all over the place when you try and open them. Um, you know, the Sailor Moon thing where they have the totem pole for hands, that was one of the best things that they, they did in that line was just, oh, okay, well, we know the hands go everywhere and we know you get a shit ton of them, so we're just going to give you something to make it easier to store. Um, more of that, please. Um so, yeah, I mean, the sculpt, as I've said, it's it's the same. Um, I think the only notable, noticeable difference I have is I think the original, they hadn't moved to putting metal pins in some of the joints, like the toe, bo- the toe joint um, on the foot. Now it's a, a metal pin, um, and the ankle is a metal pin now as well. Um, you know, it probably lasts a bit longer, but it looks a bit crappier um, up close. But if you're paying that much attention to the foot, you're probably a bit of a pedant. Um, otherwise, yeah, the sculpt is the same. The, the sword is still two versions. You can have, um, there's a, a smaller kind of hilt version of the sword that fits in the sheath. Um, and there's an actual version you can take out and have him hold to, to the full size sword. Um, the paint is interesting. So the original has, um, I think the pants are a bit dark, a darker shade of gray, the boots are more or less the same, I think. The jacket in the original is like a purpley blue, like a bit of an indigo kind of color. This time it's kind of, you know, a robin blue kind of color, which is basically in line with um, with the show versus the manga. I think the hair color is actually more or less the same on the base Saiyan or base version of Trunks. The Super Saiyan version, um, it's the same as on the premium color edition Vegeta where they've gone for kind of more metallic gold color, um, which I don't like. I actually like the original where it was, I think, more representative of both the show and the manga where it was kind of that more just straight sulfur yellow color. Mm. Um, It's interesting because on one of the other recent releases, which was Super Saiyan Trunks, they've gone for the sulfur yellow rather than a a metallic-y yellow color. So I can assume that if they somehow sell out of that and um, go for a premium colour, we'll get the same treatment on that. Um, you know, there's no slop on any of it. There's It looks like a little bit of rub on one of the boots for mine, which is a bit disappointing, but um, it's not too bad. In terms of articulation, I think it's pretty much the same. Um, you still can't get him to have uh, the sword held with both hands back behind his head, you know, you know, big power chop slashy type thing. Uh, otherwise, it's it's the same figure. Um, you still have the ability to take the legs out of the, the groin area because I don't think they've changed the way that works at all. Although, they might have made a slight change. I think there's a slight change in the hip, but I'd have to go and grab the other one and check. Um, so, I mean, they looking at the hip where I think it's different is the... Attachment point to the the ball joint is actually um, articulated separately from the rest of the upper thigh, so that you can get a bit more rotation forwards. You still can't get you know uh, super ridiculous poses 
with the leg going backwards. It's still got a double jointed knee. Um, still got, you know, articulated ankles, um, and toes. Uh, it's got the doubled elbow, etc., etc. So it's all the stuff that you're used to seeing with a figure art. Um, yeah. So playability and posability is good. Um, again, it's my pretty much constant gripe with Dragon Ball Z figures is you have characters that spend, you know, by the time of Dragon Ball Z, 90% of their time flying, um, or at least 50% compared to standing around. Why on earth you don't give us a flight stand with every one of these is beyond me. But there you go. Um, the Especially other, for the for the price point too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, those flight stands cost what? I think you get three of them for 20 bucks or something. Mm. Mm. And you're talking about that, so it's, you know, therefore seven bucks off a $46 figure, you know, take a $3 hit or something and and just chuck it in. Um in terms of the accessories you do get, as I said, there's the two swords, uh, sword pieces. There's the sheath, which is removable. Um, there's three Super Saiyan faces, including, obviously, a swap-out Super Saiyan head. There's two base faces to go with the base Saiyan head. Um, there's five sets of hands that you can use, and I think that was it. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> now, how, how does your... Because on my one, the... Uh, sword sheath and the belt that goes around it, the bottom connector point on the belt doesn't want to kind of stay in when it's hooked around him. Does yours fit fine? Mine seems fine. I would suggest that your problem is that you haven't been firm enough on the top connector point into his jacket. Uh, okay. Like I've got maybe a mil and a half on the top edge at the top of the top connector and about a mil at the bottom edge. Um, yeah. So you can actually be a bit firmer. And I think it was fine on the original as well. It's just one of those things you don't want to break it, but mm. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just love how I get really excited if one of my Marvel Legends figures comes with an extra gun. Yet, you know, Adam's collecting figures that have swap-out faces, interchangeable <laughs> hair. <laughs> yeah. And it's annoyed that they can't fly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think uh. it's a valid concern, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Definitely. Considering all the um, Power Rangers ones came with flight stands and those characters can't fly. Yeah. I mean, all the Sailor Moon characters came with their own personalised figure stand. Now that, you know, it's not so much for them flying as to keep them balanced because they're all on high heels and they don't balance that well necessarily without mm. them. But, you know, <laughs> and yes, they were heavily reused um, bucks. But yeah. anyway, um, I guess the... As far as the score, right? So I take off pretty much three points straight away for it being a repeat figure um, with just a new paint job. Um, I'm not going to take off any points for the paint rub. It's you know area it doesn't really bother me. Um, I won't take off anything for the the additional or the lack of a flight stand. Really, I, I'm pretty sure I gave it that gripe the original time around. Um, there is one gripe that I have, and it's kind of half this figure and half another figure, which is Super Saiyan Trunks that came out roughly the same time frame. Um, the head cannot sit on this body because of the... I don't think it's the ball joint. I think it's the, the collar at the back of the jacket prevents the other head from sitting on it, um, which I thought was just rubbish because, you know, there's no reason not to be able to swap the heads over. Um, so if I took off another half point there, I'm probably talking this is about five and a half... Out of 10. Mm. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Cool. Mm. 
I like it. I'm just looking at all the different swap-out bits. It looks great. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Adam. And that wraps up our first toy of the week. We'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Well, hi-de-ho, neighborinos. This is John, back with another installment of Name That. You guys know how it's played. We play a sound. You guess what it is. We're going to play last week's sound right here. Nasty aliens, bursting skulls reveal their secret power. Now they plan to pound Earth's heroes with awesome... And this is actually something that's kind of not recent, but came back. This is an Independence Day commercial um if you'll remember right in the movie the skulls of those fa- aliens kind of opened up and there was a little alien inside yeah i know it's kind of strange but uh love it or hate it you know that's one of those things that came out of independence day and uh they kind of made action figures to represent that so there you go and um if you knew that or you didn't know that um you should have went over to the forum but i doubt that you would have beat hellbot because he was pretty quick on this one and knowing exactly what it was so he's enjoying a point in the forum and you know i think we'll we'll go ahead and move on to next week's sound right here see through helmet with play rangefinder to locate your objective you can move his legs knees arms even wrists and elbows his backpack unit is removable and one more time of course See-through helmet with play rangefinder to locate your objective. You can move his legs, knees, arms, even wrists and elbows. His backpack unit is removable. Hey, if you think you know what that is, you know what to do by now. You go over to AFB Forum. That's AFBforum.com. You go find the name that thread. You make your guess. You get it right. You get a forum point, which are coveted by people all over the world. And you know why? Because you can maybe get cool stuff if you save up enough of them. Like, um... I think you can get the empty uh, shipping containers from from Ben's Death Dealer if you uh, get enough points. Uh, that that we're still in negotiations for that. So, uh, but you know, you can make a house out of those if you really wanted to. Anyway, if that's all too tough for you, come on over to TVandFilmToys.com on Tuesdays, Thursdays. We play the picture version, and you still guess in the forum and still get points. So, until next time, this is John saying peace out. Ugly, massive, nasty aliens. Bursting skulls reveal their secret power. Now they plan to pound Earth's heroes with awesome tentacle attack. Time for the big payback. Levinson cams the radar, and Whitmore delivers the final blow. ID4, get off our planet. ID4, Independence Day, each with computer mission disc. Collect them all. And continuing with our Toy of the Week, we're over to Ben for the second installment. Over to you, Ben. Thank you, sir. And uh, this is what I actually forgot about. And uh, Eddie and I are the last men standing, I think, in terms of continuing to collect Hasbro's Star Wars Black 6-inch line. And after uh, feverishly trying to keep up with some of the stuff that was coming out after Episode 7, I kind of lost track a little bit and... 
uh, I had this uh, figure packed away, uh, forgot all about her until I needed something to review for tonight. So I dug her out and I am talking about uh, Ahsoka Tano, uh, who was from a very recent wave. In fact, probably still the most recent wave, isn't it? Yeah. Anything subsequent to that? There's been a Toys R Us box set, but apart from that, this was the last like, wave of individual figures to come out. Hmm. Very good. All right. Uh, Ahsoka Tano, for those people who don't know, uh, joined us via Clone Wars, the cartoon. Um, I think it's a, quite a credit to the writers of Clone Wars because when the original uh, feature-length movie came out uh, <laughs> and uh, Anakin was given a Padawan, I found her incredibly obnoxious. Uh, and, you know, I was hoping that uh, dreadful things would happen to her just to get her out of the show, but she hung <laughs> around um, and she actually started to uh, pull her weight, and by the end of Clone Wars, uh, she actually becomes a really cool character, actually one of my favourites, so a, a real um, tip of the hat to those guys for that. It's, uh, yeah, impressive. So uh, this is also an interesting figure because when it was announced, it was announced as a, uh, what did they call it, Eddie, a realistic version Mm. I think was the, the term they used, uh, indicating that in order to fit in with the Star Wars black line, she wouldn't be rendered in her stylized Clone Wars appearance, which, of course, has a very sort of specific animation style. So this is a realistic version of Ahsoka Tano. Uh, this is a Hasbro. It's a 2016 release. I picked this up uh, only a couple of months ago. She is a six-inch action figure, but she's actually about five and a half inches tall, and that's to the top of her head. So if you don't count the, the little sort of twilecky things that stick up, so she's actually quite small. These still set you back around US $20 uh, that have a bit of a look around. Um, now, in terms of packaging, well, you've seen one, you've seen them all. This is still the uh, window box packaging that has been uh, keeping them in good stead for a while now. Um, you know, nothing really to report in, nothing different. I think there's ever so slightly subtle changes to the boxes every now and then. Uh, moving some artwork around and even sort of slightly tapering the sides of the box. But uh, it's really, you know, it's much of a muchness. I think the best thing about the boxes, because they have that uh, predominantly black and red colour scheme, is uh, when you get the boxes together uh, en masse, they're really easy to spot in the toy stores. You can sort of uh, mm. head straight to that aisle and, and see this huge mass of black and red everywhere because um, a lot of the other merchandise is following suit. Except for those titaniums that use the exact same box design and you can get excited and think there's new and then it's, ah. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, look, the window box is really good. Uh, I open mine from the bottom and the tray just slides out. And now in terms of being collector-friendly, um, look, if you're careful, I'd say, yeah, they, they are collector-friendly. But uh, much like Adam's comments with plastic trays, uh, they're in there pretty tight. So there are no... Uh, twist ties or anything like that they're kind of um, molded uh, almost around the figure I, and I do wonder whether there's some sort of like heat used at the time that they're packaged to really sort of get them in there because they don't move so you, you kind of have to be gentle because you don't want to distort the tray uh, and, and sort of have that you know bent and damaged so this one in particular took quite a bit to get her out in the end I was kind of just grabbing a limb and, and heaving uh, to get her out. Uh, moving on to sculpting, uh, it's actually really nice. I, I think they've done a pretty good job on this figure. Uh, not only have they sort of captured the realistic 
look uh, of Ahsoka, but uh, it's kind of at the end of Clone Wars, more of a, a well, spoiler alert, um, Star Wars Rebels update. So she's sort of a, a lot more mature uh, than in sort of those early seasons of Clone Wars. She's definitely a bit older. Um, and, you know, they've done a good job. And what's really nice is the way they've integrated some of that fabric uh, in some of the other Star Wars black figures. The use of fabric has kind of worked or and it hasn't worked. Uh, this one actually, you know, really integrates nicely with uh, a moulded rubber piece that sits over the top of it so it's quite discreet in the way they've done it uh, and that's actually really good in terms of posing because it doesn't actually restrict her movement that much so that's really really nice uh, all the other details quite good there's some good drapery in the way they've done the, the pants and even the greaves sort of over the top of her boots uh, but in particular the, the face has actually worked kind of uh, has worked quite well but it's kind of a, a very neutral expression uh, that they've gone for um, so really sort of no complaints in the sculpt department. Uh, I haven't sort of taken a, a great deal of interest in comparing it to still shots uh, from the assorted uh, TV appearances, but uh, it looks pretty darn good to me. Um, in terms of paint, uh, I thought there'd be a lot to comment on here because she's uh, very, very colourful. There is a, an awful lot of colour going on, and you know, after looking at sort of some of the dull figures like the the tie pilot and things like that this one's actually quite busy uh, a lot of sort of earthy colors uh, with this sort of scheme color scheme but what they've actually done is a lot of the parts are actually molded in uh, their various colors so any part that is uh, for example her skin tone such as her face uh, her shoulder joints her hands etc uh, are all moulded in that kind of uh, reddy orange colour of her skin. And then things like her uh, her thighs, her boots, etc., are all moulded in coloured plastic. So what that kind of leaves is just a, a few highlights here and there. And I think probably the uh, most, uh, I guess, yeah, probably the, the biggest paint app is on her headpiece, um, we've got that sort of uh, blue, bluey black and white sort of paint scheme. Uh, it is done in a darker colour and they've painted the white over the top. Uh, and surprisingly, it's done reasonably well, a lot better than some of the Marvel Legends where they've done the lighter colour over the darker colour. You can definitely see some layers in the paint as they've um, tried to build it up. And it's it's not too bad. Uh, it sort of holds up fairly well until you really you know get in close and, and scrutinise it. But then at this price point, you know that's really not that far off. Um, other paint apps feature on things like um, the boots. There's a, a, a lighter colour they've used to highlight the front of the boots, which is not too bad. But the main paint failure on this is they've used some silver paint to paint around the edges on the. Uh, the, the panels of her skirt. So she's got sort of a panel that hangs down sort of uh, on the left and right thighs and then one down the front over the groin. And the silver paint around the edges uh, is really quite poor. Uh, in fact, you can actually see the mould line where the paint should go, but the paint has actually gone over the edges there and uh, on my figure anyway, it's, it's quite ordinary. Um, I don't know, Eddie, you've got this figure as well. Do you remember off the top of your head how... The paint came out on yours? Mine's fairly good. I do have like one blemish on one of her lactus, but yeah. apart from that, she's 
like I was actually quite surprised how good she was considering yeah. um, Hasbro can sometimes be with Gertie. <laughs> um, and she was one who could been fraught with a lot of disaster. Mm. Um, you know, we might've had a superior Spider-Man leveler is <laughs> going on, but um, no, mine's uh, fairly well. I um, was a bit, it's not really a pain thing, but color wise, her lightsabers are a little light for me. Yes. Um, but yes. yeah, that that would be my major colour gripe if I had one. Yes, I'll certainly get to that in a moment too. Um, I think the part that I'm the most impressed is they've managed to get the eyes uh, uh, quite accurate. I don't have any sort of Marty Feldman thing going on, which is nice, and the the facial markings, those sort of white tattoos, uh, are very nicely applied on mine. There's no issues there. So um, a few highlights that are a bit uh, a bit iffy. But otherwise, they've done a pretty decent job. I think the worst part for me uh, moving on from paint is to articulation. And uh, she has double-jointed knees. And both of my knees are actually quite loose. But one of them, uh, the uh, the peg is actually coming out on the top joint of the left leg. So I'm going to have to – it's to the point where if I actually try and move the joint, um, it actually starts to come out of the, the thigh. So – so this would be a boiling water trick to see if I can sort of press that big that back in and get it cool back in the in the hole. So it's really quite unfortunate um, that that leg is and it's it's come out so far that it's really quite loose. So I'd be almost concerned that it would fall out completely if I moved it too much. So that's really disappointing on a brand new figure. Um, but uh, anyway, we're looking at about. 30 points of articulation, I think I counted, which is uh, pretty good. Now, she does have quite skinny limbs because this is a thin female figure. She's quite small and then her arms are quite small. Uh, and so because of that, the articulation works quite well. Uh, nothing seems to be uh, too restrictive. The articulation is almost what you'd expect. We've got pin and disc in the shoulders, the elbows, the wrists, um, only single jointed uh, elbows, unless you count that weird kind of swivel that I'm really not a fan of. This is um, one of those things they do rather than give a uh, an actual bicep swivel. Uh, they put it in the elbows, so there's that sort of awkward uh, ability to turn the the forearm out to one side, but then eventually you get to a point where it looks a bit strange. Um, doesn't work very well on really muscled arms, but uh, because Asoka has sort of a skinny sort of female bicep. It's actually not too bad. Um, so double-jointed knees. We've got some uh, some thigh swivels and uh, the Vonner ankles, which are actually really cool. So we've got some good movement there at the ankles, which uh, allows her to stand up. Uh, she does have very small feet, um, very, very small feet, but because she's not particularly top-heavy, um, she wasn't actually too bad getting her to stand. So that was good. Uh the main issue with the articulation is definitely the head. Um, I'm assuming there's a ball joint under there somewhere, which gives <laughs> us um, sort of the usual movement. But I actually found that uh, her head is almost impossible to move. Hmm. Um, I could barely get it to go sort of uh, laterally or sort of vertically either because of just the shape of the head. Now, of course, this is a, you know, unfortunately... Uh, because they are sort of going for accuracy. You, you know, you are getting the uh, the bits and pieces sticking down, but like any of those characters you get with long hair, 
uh, it really does restrict things. But because she has it in the front as well, um, I basically couldn't get her head to move in, in any direction more than sort of a couple of millimetres. So that was a, a bit of a shame, uh, which, which is a shame because that uh, articulation in the sort of the chest area um, is uh, fantastic. You can get her to move left and right with that sort of waist slash sort of, you know, ab thing um, allows a huge range of movement. And so that's great for sort of posing, but the fact that you can't turn her head in any particular direction um, sort of uh, is a bit of a, a bit of a waste. Um, in terms of accessories, uh, we get the two lightsabers. She does get a second lightsaber later on in Clone Wars. And as Eddie said, they're pretty darn uh, average. Uh, they don't seem to have any real colour to them. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, her second lightsaber, which is the smaller one, actually has a yellow blade. Now, I'm not up to date with her appearances, so things might have changed. Um, but these are, are very, very, very light blue, uh, and they both actually have the same coloured blade. So... Don't know. Uh, am I missing something, Eddie, or have they just made a bit of a... a uh, not that I know, but I'm terribly behind in Rebels myself. I think I'm still only a couple of episodes into the second season. Yeah. Um, and I actually, to be honest, I don't know if I've even seen Ahsoka use the sabers up to this point in Rebels. But, um, yeah, generally Clone Wars, she had blue lightsabers. From yeah, I'm sure the second... And yeah, I, I think this is just one there hasn't been a wash that's come through properly in the clear mm. plastic through that colour because that seems or they were going for something that just didn't work because it seems like an odd choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and uh, speaking of lightsabers, the good thing about these, um, this is a, a standard now with the Star Wars Black, and that is that the uh, blades do actually come off of the hilt, off the handle, and uh, each of the handles has a small loop on the end of it, and she has hooks on those um, pieces on her on her belt, so you can actually hang both lightsabers off the sides um, of her sort of skirt there, which is really cool. Uh, I did notice that her hands are absolutely tiny. They're just these tiny, tiny little girl hands. And, um, the hands are actually quite closed. So the fingers really do come in quite close to the sort of the, the inner palm. And so getting them open and then moving the thumb out of the way to get the lightsabers, uh, into her hands was uh, quite a chore, particularly the, the big lightsaber. So um, I'd do that somewhere carefully if you were planning to do that because I found that mine were constantly flinging off in different directions and uh, it was an absolute pain to get those lightsabers into her hands. So just uh, something to watch out for. Um, so that's really about it. Uh, and look, I, I'm really impressed that we've actually uh, gotten this figure. I think people were worried that we were going to get bogged down in Episode 7 and a, a thousand variations, but... Um, you know, after we got Ahsoka and uh, Kanan and, and now announcements that we're back into the um, the original trilogy with uh, with Tuscan Raiders and, and stuff like that, I'm, I'm really quite keen. Um, look, I'm really disappointed about the, the dodgy knee joint. Um, I'm going to take some points off for that and the probably another half a point for the slop of the, the silver paint. So uh, I think all up, I'm going to give her eight and a half out of $10. Cool. Mm. 
There you go. Very good. All right. Well, that wraps up our second toy of the week. And uh, we'll be coming back uh, to talk about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Yahoo! It's me, Beetlejuice. Joe Adam. Check out my great new house, The Vanishing Doll. Scary! Each sold separately. Just lie down inside and say, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Even smell. I'm scary. Boom! Ah! Now, back to normal. Beetlejuice. Like it? Makes my head spin. Speaking of spins, let's take one of my awesome phantom flyer. A real scare on wheels. Great bra on the ground or in the air. Frights. Pop wheelies. Ah! Give old Joe a lift. Am I the ghost with the most or what? Well, we're all here because we collect, and Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. And, uh, Justin? Yes, I've been a little light on. I've got some uh, some more uh, minifigures, the Disney ones. I've got Aladdin and Ariel. Uh, the time of writing up this script, I do have a few Marvel Legends on their way, but they just did not arrive in time. So <laughs> I know that feeling. Yes, I think we're all on that drought at the moment. But I didn't get a whole wave of the um, X-Men. I only got Rogue and um, Iceman from that wave. Oh, yep. yep. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, waiting with bated breath like you, you guys probably are <laughs> to get the whole thing. <laughs> and Electro is on the way as well. So from the Spider-Man wave, it's basically the only one I wanted from that as well. So cool. Uh, playing the waiting game. <laughs> yes, I think they're all probably going to come in at once and yeah. uh, we'll just have like a Marvel Legends special. Yes. So. Yeah. All right. And Eddie, I think you won this week. Uh, yeah, I do. I got no self-control. <laughs> uh, so the Doctor Strange wave went up for pre-order, so I uh, did jump on that. I do like my magic, and I th- think I'm the only one out of us that collects the MCU Marvel Legends figures, if I'm not mistaken. But there are yeah, I nah, just uh, the movie figures have never really done anything for me. But though, um, I might get the Baron. I think that um. Yeah, first Mordo figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and that. if you're going to get one, he's good because he's coming with the skull variants for Dormammu. So oh, if cool. you get him, you get those pieces. Nice, which is good. Uh, I did have my Spider-Man wave come in with the Space Venom, and uh, I really like uh, pretty much that whole wave. The uh, young boy buck for the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, is actually really cool. Um, and might even slightly nudge out Pizza Spider-Man for my favourite wow. uh, Spider-Man buck that they've done. Because that, as much as I love that Pizza Spider-Man, his waist is a little elongated. Yeah. Uh, and this kind of fixes up that issue there. So I think just because of that slight thing, he might uh, take it. Because apart from that, he's just kind of a shrunk <laughs> version of him. But I love my Bagley art. Uh, and speaking of ones that I love, I got my uh, extra Deadpool's. <laughs> uh, <and> so, <laughs> being such a big Deadpool fan and Marvel Legend fan, uh, I thought it was better to play it safe when I saw some uh, single pre-orders go up for him and added two more to my cart. So, I'm army building the tacos that he comes with. <laughs> and I got one so I can have one with each head. And I figured I was going to play it safe just because I'm sure this won't be the only Deadpool we get. If we get, uh, you know, a X-Force variant with this buck, then I've got the extra head that I can put on for another one or, you know, the extra weapons that it comes with or just anything that I need to do if I've got one spare, I've got one spare. But 
um, until I need it for anything that'll just stay as a mint on card. I like your uh, planning. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm going to regret it later if I don't. Uh, yeah. I kind of regret not having three versions of the Toy Biz one. So uh, <laughs> I did that. I've uh, been on a bit of a hunt for uh, Suicide Squad multiverse figures. They actually hit here in Australia, which is weird because we really haven't gotten much DC Mm. Uh, tell mm. love at retail here. Uh, and weirdly, the Batman vs. Superman multiverses have just hit recently as well, but uh, Toys R Us uh, is the spot that's getting them, and they wanted $40 for the Batman vs. Superman figures, mm. and but only $25 for the Suicide Squad ones. So it's quite a big difference for Weird. what would essentially be the same line, and because it was the later BVS line, they probably should have been audited around... Mm. the same time, mm. um, but I'll get into a little bit of that a uh, little bit later on this episode, uh, but that was driving me crazy because uh, I found some at some Toys R Us's and then had to scramble for the others for the last one, um, but I'd already cancelled my big bad order at that point, so I <laughs> kind of get um, wanted to complete it off, and seeing the movie never helps because then when that character's on screen that you're looking for, all you think about is, oh, I need to find that figure, <laughs> which I think is just something that collectors understand. Uh, I accidentally picked up a KO version of the figure arts Naruto figure. I was in a um, comic store that I generally don't frequent and noticed that they had him in the clearance bin and picked it up, uh, just assuming they don't normally stock figure arts and it must be cheap. For that reason, no one's come in and brought it. They don't really deal with anime. And, yeah, got it home, and that was the first time I actually decided to look at the box and realized it had no holographic sticker or anything like that on it. Um, rude. Yeah. Now, I don't really blame the store. I honestly don't even think they had it on special clearance because it was a KO. I think it was just it was sitting there for ages and never sold, um, But uh, which is part of the reason I won't mention them on here i think it was an innocent mistake on their part and it was so discounted that i don't want to uh take it back there and complain of it being a <laughs> ko and the knockoff quality is actually quite uh good uh so for the price that i paid and it's not a horrible figure but you can tell it's not a figure arts figure mm. um, out of the packet but he's just there to make a sort of shonen jump thing fighting a goku figure arts or that if i feel the urge <laughs> and I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about I've been hunting a grail for quite some time and I couldn't find it uh, too cheap at all. Probably the cheapest uh, I saw it was around $35 uh, shipped here to Australia and uh, a lot of them were around the $75 to $80 uh, all in price plus shipping to Australia. Uh, but for some reason, one turned up here in Victoria for $5, buy it now posted. Uh, so I jumped on and got it. And it's a tiny little Deadpool that sits on the uh, edge of your desk. And he's uh, the one from the movie, uh, that complete suit design. And he's got his little sheet of paper that he's drawing on on how to kill Francis before he jumps off. And this was given away at AMC movie theaters in the States ah, uh, when you went to their midnight screenings. Uh, and he was given out, he comes in a little baggie 
And he's just, he's actually a really well sculpted figure. There's not a lot of paint detail on him. It's just the red plastic, some black and the whites of the eyes and the, uh, yellow of the paper, but he just, he's really cool. He sits on pretty much any ledge and just hangs around there for maximum effort. But yeah, he took me ages to track down one that wasn't going to be ridiculously priced. I don't know how this person here in Australia got him and why they decided to sell him off for just five bucks, but it worked out perfect for me. So that was that secret grail I mentioned. Good work. Good work. Oh, very good. All right, Adam. How can you top that? With nothing. <laughs> I've acquired nothing, damn it, nothing. <laughs> but to be fair, you do use the uh, the, the pile of loot, and so uh, when you do unload, it's uh, it's usually pretty impressive. It is. Um, I have nothing in my pile of loot at the moment. I'm trying to think. <laughs> there are some things that are meant to be finding their way over to me at the moment. They're model kits, though, and that's it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I had a win, and uh, some time ago I managed to pick up a whole bunch of loose Palisades Muppets figures from uh, someone on a Facebook toy group, uh, buy and sell page, Um, and I I made out like a bandit because of a pretty average picture that the person used. Uh, But then I noticed sometime later the same individual um, put up uh, a couple of Muppets box sets, and uh, I was a little bit cautious because this person is pretty ordinary you know there are those people who just don't seem to get it they don't seem to understand communication they don't seem to understand packing they don't seem to understand any part of the process between <laughs> uh, between us collectors um but the price was too good to pass up and uh, i took a chance and got myself the muppets jim henson box set and uh, the box has got a little bit of wear on it but uh, the figure's never been removed from the box so i was pretty darn excited mm. Very nice. good score. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice looking figure. So I, I really must uh, get it out one day and open it up and do a review ten years after it was released. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, still hold up today, though. So those Palisades. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're so a lot good. of fun. One of these days, I, I really want to sit down with uh, with John, uh, aka Engineer Nerd, and do a um, sort of some sort of retrospective of the Chef Kitchen playset. Because um, uh, it's just epic, absolutely epic, and talk that one through with all its extra bits and pieces. All right. Well, if uh, if no one has any other items to report, we'll come back with our third toy of the week. It is a time when those who control the magic control destiny. When spectral knights battle evil darkly. Well, here we are, and we are only halfway through our Toys of the Week, and Justin is keeping us going with a number three. Okay, it's funny, in that little news item, we were just talking about uh, Palisades, and as a continuation, I am going to talk about Super Grover 2005 exclusive from said company, Palisades. Now, uh, everyone in the collecting world knows how uh, bittersweet the Super Grover is because he was meant to kick off 
a new sort of venture for Palisades delving into the Sesame Street line, which which never went ahead. Ooh. So, yeah, it was uh, bad, but I'll talk about that when I get down to packaging. So, yeah, the company, Palisades, as we all know, year of release. So, 2005, he was the Palisades Tour 2005 exclusive. I picked him up, I think it was at the end of 2014. Uh, it was one of those ones I had in my search box for um, eBay for a, for a very long time. <laughs> And uh, just always waiting to see what the price, if any, turned up in Australia. And and luckily one did. So this is a uh, action figure, but boy, what an action figure. <laughs> 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 so the, I paid $40 shipped. Um, Deal. Super Grover. Uh, talking about these guys who don't, don't get it. I don't think this guy knew what he had. So... <laughs> oh. It was one of those auctions that I watched and watched and no one was bidding on it. And I'm thinking, am I the only one who can see this and, and see it for the price? <laughs> and so I got to the end of the auction, put it up and was the winning bid. And I thought there is no way he's going to send this. You know, it's going to be one of those ones where, oh, sorry, mate, I didn't. that's not the price I wanted to sell it for, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. But it went through and, and he arrived. So I'm going to go on to one of the good parts of this, so the packaging. Um, from the outside, we get a picture of Super Grover, which was painted by legendary comic book artist Alex Ross. Awesome. Uh, it's a water watercolor rendition, as that's his favorite uh, thing to paint with, or his, his favorite medium, I should say. So when I when I look at the packaging here, it's the green green uh, packaging on the font. It's Super Grover written a thousand times. There's a picture of uh, Super Grover flying. Um, and the pictures are from the actual TV show, not the actual figure flying. So now packaging, when I read this little blurb, it's going to make everyone sad, but I'll go ahead and say <laughs> it anyway. So this is directly from the box. Uh, Palisades Toys is proud to pay tribute to the most famous street in the world with their upcoming assortment of highly detailed collectible action figures. Each assortment of figures will feature two well-known characters and two fan-favorite characters. Sure to please casual and diehard fans alike. The first series, featuring Ernie, Oscar the Grouch, Guy Smiley and the Two-Headed Monster, is due out in the summer of 2005. The second series, including Bert, Count Von Count, the Yip Yip Martians and Roosevelt Franklin, will be out before the end of 2005, with the line continuing well into 2006. Can you so, guys just give me yeah. a second? <laughs> so they, there's a picture of Ernie, Oscar, Guy, and the two-headed monster on the back. So I did a little bit of uh, research again for this and found out that Oscar was going to be permanently sculpted in his uh, trash can. However, you were going to be able to fold down his arms and his head and you were going to be able to attach the um, trash trash can lid and mm-hmm. it was going to come with two little legs that you could stick on the bottom of the trash can, so it looked like that the trash can was walking with Oscar's legs hanging out the bottom. So, um, mm. you know, it would have been fabulous. And each figure was was meant to come with part of the street. So apparently they were going to get to the whole the whole street uh, with a bit of the the diorama from from each section that would have come with, came with each figure. So um, these are one of the ones that I have kept in box, which is weird for me. Uh, it can slide out because the only tape that's removed is the tape that held the top of the box together. Now, as for the packaging itself, it's a tray system with a window that opens under the Alex Ross painting. 
the only thing missing from my uh, figure, it came with a lithograph of, of uh, Super Grover, and uh, that's that's not in this in this packet. Um, so I still have the original twist ties uh, around the figure itself, and I. I can't bring myself to actually undo those twist <laughs> <laughs> So they everything has remained within the set. Um, now I, I guess that would count as collector friendly. It's a it's a box that slides in and out. Once you set it back in the box, you can put everything back in, open the little uh, front tab, which is Hellboy Velcro, and uh, nothing would be out of place. Now, if I go on to the sculpt, now you know we're talking what eleven years now. Um, since this came out, and the sculpting on Super Grover's fur is absolutely perfect. Uh, the sculpting is, uh, as you'd expect, uh, these Muppet figures were. Ben, you know how, how good they were. Yeah. Uh, and the sculpting is absolutely uh, spot on everywhere. Um, the initial head comes with a, a, a knight's, I forget, the knight's visor or a knight's uh, section, as we know, that Super Grover wears. And that's articulated, so it goes up and down from there. Underneath, eyes, nose, perfect place. Um, now, the uh, number of points of articulation, I had to look online because I can't <laughs> see too much of it. But it, it, we're just getting head, uh, shoulders, and they call it hips, but it's the top of the top, very top of the thigh cut. So articulation, you're not going to get too much. You're going to get the arms that raise up and the legs that can swivel to each side. Um now this comes to playability. Of course, this this would playability and accessories would be one and the same here. So, accessories include an alternate um, Super Grover head with a fedora and uh, glasses. Oh, sorry, that would be um, I think it was called uh, Grover Kent when he was in uh, <laughs> Incognito. So he comes with that head, uh, glasses, and the fedora are perfect. And there's like a little feather as well. In the side of that, and it's all been sculpted beautifully as well. The fedora head is a closed mouth, and Super Grover is an open mouth. Um, now, other accessories include a, a trench coat with added tie and collar. So the trench coat opens from a Velcro tab at the back. Uh, it's all metal buckles on the on the weight on the on the belt rather, and also at the cuffs. Uh, the little buttons are actually little buttons as well. So it's all been done very well. The stitching is incredible and the tie is beautifully done as well. So moving on to the last accessory, which is a phone box. Now, phone box, the actual doors open like the old ye olde phone booth. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's double folded so you can fold it and they're on two little hinges at the top. Now, the thing is, the little details at the bottom as well, there's a, like a little gap. You guys remember phone booths, they had that little gap at the bottom. So it's on stirrups with a tiny little gap down the bottom, which, mm-hmm. which phone booths used to have. The base is checker plate, fake checker plate, which is a nice added touch. Uh, now, for the payphone itself, there's a little Liberty Bell sticker, and apparently these stickers were spot on for what the, the phones were at, at that time. In, in these phone booths, mm-hmm. and the actual alphanumeric um, ring holes have all of that intact as well, so painted at a tiny scale. Um, it's all intact and on there as well. The receiver moves, and we've also got the the cord that can connects the receiver to the actual phone uh, to the to the phone itself. Um, 
I, I did mention the size of the box. So the, the box is a foot, just over a foot long. Um, and Super Grover comes in at about, uh, I think I mentioned it at just under seven, seven inches tall. Um, so this phone booth, you know, if these were made mass, mass on mass production, it'd be good for a, for a Superman figure because mm. they, they fit exactly in there. But, uh, once, like I said, I don't want to muck around too much with this one. Um, now, if if I uh, shuffle off this mortal coil too early, this figure <laughs> is to go to John. So I want that on record. So this this is John's. If anything happens to me, because I think it's the only figure from the line he doesn't have. Wow. Um, I have two Palisades figures. I have uh, this and the Adventure Kermit, and uh, they're right up with it there with my two favorite figures that I own out of all my thousands and thousands of action figures. <laughs> These two are the uh, the ones I love. I just I, I forgot to mention on Super Grover on his chest has his lightning bolt with a G in the middle as well, and that's uh, been been painted uh, in a weathered style. So there's stitching on that, and um, there's highlights and tones on that as well. I, I didn't go too much of the paint either, but the highlights from uh, Grover's fur, there's a bit dry brushing going on there, and two tones of the blue. They didn't go overboard too much with it, but it's it's spot on for what it needs to be. Um, so I guess that would just go down to a dollar rating and, and for what it is and for the, for around that time and, you know, what could have been with these figures, I'm going to have to give, uh, Super Grover a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 from Justin. Yeah. So I I don't have any. out of town. (laughs) I don't have any, many figures boxed. I have this in my talking tick that I love as well. That's uh, boxed and a few other things as well. A few old, uh, toy biz. Marvel Legends, but uh, this one, this one belongs in a museum. It's that yeah, good. I'm uh, contacting Ripley's Believe It or Not <laughs> over here, <laughs> putting in a submission. Yeah. Uh, that's very good. I mean, it really, it was a, a love letter to fans, wasn't it? They, oh, definitely. The passion that they put into this line, they knew exactly what they were doing and who they were doing it for. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, the thing about Grover, I still read my son, uh, the monster, at the end of this book. Yeah, the, uh, Golden Book one. Uh, I always read that as a kid. Um, Grover's just been, uh, you know, just been, <laughs> been yeah. in my life since I was a kid, and he's just one of <laughs> my favorite characters from pop culture. Also yeah. have the um, pop vinyl Super Grover as well. So uh, something very endearing about Grover. Yes, now, he's sort of now, the everyman. <laughs> this is one of those great toy legends, but. Um, there are rumours that the first wave of Palisades uh, Sesame Streets were produced mm. and didn't get distributed. Yes. Uh, and some have ended up on the market. Don't know if they were just very early test samples, but there I've heard rumours for years that more than just test samples were produced and there was hope of one day, you know, them turning up at like a big lots or yeah. a... Oh, yeah. Yeah. One and that, and as time goes on, that seems less and less likely. But I still have dreams someday of that <laughs> great toy find in a warehouse in China somewhere of all these Sesame Street Palisade toys of that first wave. Well, I, yes. I knew that at the end of uh, Palisade's run, I think there was a guy that was selling a lot of stuff on eBay that was associated with the company. Uh, there was some rule in place that because they went bankrupt at the time of the of the release of the supposed uh, Sesame Street line that it's actually illegal for those Sesame Street figures to come out anywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. so mm, I think I think they're gone for time, unfortunately. I'm mm. sure they're sitting in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, they have they have yeah. to exist. But mm. uh, I mean, they dug up those ET games. They did, yes, <laughs> New Mexico. Yes, sure. That wonderful documentary, but um, who knows? <laughs> Needs to be a lot more useful than that. Mm, yeah. Ah, very sad indeed. All right. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back with our fourth and final Toy of the Week. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate RAM. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Well, because we love you, the dear listener, we are doing four Toys of the Week, and Eddie is bringing up the rear. So over to you, sir. Oh, thank you, Ben. Uh, so in Feeding the Addiction, I mentioned I had been on a bit of a suicide mission to find the Suicide Squad uh, multiverse figures as they were hitting here in Australia for cheap. But one of those figures eluded me, and it was the one I thought was going to be the easiest to find ended up being uh, one of the most difficult, and that was the Suicide Squad Batman figure. So this is the Batman uh, based on the look as he's played by Ben Affleck in the current DCEU. Uh, It's part of the DC Multiverse line, which is uh, the kind of red-headed stepchild of the DC Classics line. Uh, very similar to DC Classics, just we're getting a lot of the major characters and not so much uh, the minor ones off to the side. And there also seems to be a big media focus uh, with these um, multiverse ones, but uh, very similar to your classics. They're six-inch figures, um, very similar articulated. Some even use a lot of the same buck pieces uh this one being suicide squad was obviously released this year here in australia he's looking to set you back 25 dollars a bit cheaper in the states but uh depending on if you want this one or its original release of the buck uh pretty much the exact same buck uh for the bvs one here in australia will cost you 40 dollars. so there's a bit of a big difference between the Batman vs. Superman and the Suicide Squad figures here down under. Uh, and I'll get into which one of these is your better pickup because I do actually own both of them. Uh, this one, though, being in the DC multiverse uh, line, he comes with the new sort of collector-friendly box format. So like how Ben was talking about with the Black Series, nice box, just run out blade down the side, cut the sticky tape, slide the tray out, and he's good to go. One thing, though, with the packaging is, uh, the particularly the Suicide Squad wave, is being notorious for smushed weapons, and mm. the plastic in it has been very hard to uh, reconstitute them to what should be their original shape. I had some of Deadshot guns under a very heavy... Uh, tape dispenser 
And after a week <laughs> sitting under that, they still managed to rebound into their original position. Uh, so I might need to do some boiling water and some freezing and some different tricks and that to try and get it through. Unfortunately, Batman suffered a bit of the same. So his uh, grapple gun and batarangs uh, kind of have a bit of wonk to them. Uh, but I'm sure there's something with a bit of patience and time, uh, which I haven't had a lot of of recent. Uh, I should be able to fix up. But overall, the packaging is fairly collector-friendly. Uh, the packaging will, obviously, considering they're different figures with slight differences, uh, he will be different from your Batman vs. Superman one. Uh, has a similar image on the side, except he has the rebreather uh, digitally put on his face. And you've got this Suicide Squad symbol in the top left corner on the front. But apart from that, he could be easily mistaken for the BVS one if you're looking at them close together on shelves. Uh, Sculpts, I quite like this one. I think he's fairly good. I actually quite like the Batman design in the dceu it's probably the best batman costume we've got on the screen yet in my opinion uh what i really like is in this suicide squad one for some weird reason in the bvs one they did sort of a scale detail on the top of his cow uh, i think they tried to make it a bit more gritty or lined and have some texture to it but it just came off looking like he kind of had this scale effect going on and on the Suicide Squad one, they've actually flattened that out, and it's just a nice, smooth cow. So that does look better aesthetically when you're looking up and close onto it. Uh, his regular head is a bit fat and chubby in this Suicide Squad version compared to other versions of the head sculpt we've gotten in the <laughs> DC multiverse. Uh, now, he does have a swappable head, and these heads are much more rubber than the regular versions. So it could be from that. But I actually think these, that makes this head look a bit weird when you're looking at it up close. Uh, but from a distance with some other figures, it actually looks more accurate uh, because for some reason Ben Affleck's head in a rubber cow does actually have a bit of fatness. It does, uh, doesn't it? it? I thought it was yeah. just me. <laughs> so weirdly, like it does, there's something wonky about it looking directly close to it. But yeah, from a distance, it actually still works very well. Um, so I'm a bit at odds of that. It's a bit like that Seinfeld episode where it had the woman and her face kept changing depending on what light they're under, whether <laughs> it's attractive or not. It's a little bit like that with his regular head sculpt. Uh, I really love his head sculpt with the rebreather, though. There's something about Batman when that lower part of his jaw is covered that uh, really finds its spot. And the eyes in that are probably the best of the Ben Affleck eyes uh, they've done through. So that's probably, uh, out of all the Ben Affleck Batmans they've done so far, the head sculpt with the rebreather one uh, is my absolute favourite uh, so far. Uh, the rest of the body is just a reuse of the BVS uh, buck, uh, but going on to paint is where it changes a little bit. Uh, they've fixed it up. He's got a slightly darker grayer here in the Suicide Squad version. In the regular version, I didn't really notice until I picked up this Suicide Squad one, but he's actually almost got a bit of a shine to the gray in the BVS, whereas this one is a much more matte uh, gray. He's got a lot more detail um, highlighted in sort of gold metallic tints on his belts, uh, his knuckles, 
and the ends of his boots here too. And I just like there's a bit of a matness to the black that I do like. One weird thing, though, is on his forearms, I only just noticed this tonight, uh, where the grey of his suit starts to begin after the end of his glove. Uh, on the forearms, they're still painted in that slightly more silver uh, grey from the BVS suit, and then the rest of it's the darker grey. So they've just used the exact same forearm bin for these Suicide Squad uh, Batmans, or it could just be my one that I have here, I should <laughs> uh, preface, but it is a little odd now that I've noticed that, that there is a little bit of a different colour grey there at the end of his gloves. Now, articulation-wise, uh, he does... Uh, have your basic points of around 21 for a uh, multiverse or uh, classics figure. Uh, so you've got the ab crunch, he's got the twist at the waist, he's got that sort of uh, almost T-crotch kind of thing going on, and it then is, the hinges and the hips that's kind of weird points of articulation. He's got the thigh cuts, he's got bends at the knees, uh, bends at the ankles, he's got ball-jointed shoulders, uh, uh, cuts at the bicep, uh, bend at the elbow, swivel at the wrists, and he's got the ball-jointed head that does have a fair bit of movement, and considering the heads are kind of rubbery, you can actually get them around into a few different poses. Uh, and posability, he, you can get him into a few good poses, not as good as some of the more recent Marvel Legends with things like the Vaughn ankles and pieces like that. And depending on how you're articulating him, like particularly if you're opening up at the uh, legs, he does get some weirdness going on with the openness of the joints. Uh, but you can get him in some fairly good poses. So I'd say his posability is okay. Uh, Accessories-wise, though, I think this is where this version really shines because unlike a lot of batman figures uh batman's known for his gadgets and this one comes kitted out with a lot of pieces so you get the alternate head with the underwater rebreather he comes with a uh like flashbang smoke grenade three batarangs his grappling hook gun and a pair of bat cuffs and he also comes with the torso piece of the Killer Croc builder figure. Uh, now, I really do like the re-breather re head sculpt. Uh, that's got a lot of detail to it. Uh, my other favorite accessory is his grapple gun. Despite being a little wonky out of the package, it is fantastic. It's got a completely different silver overspray to it. Uh, it's got a brown wooden handle, and the detail in it is actually really fantastic. Now, I don't know if this is the detail that exists in the movie version of the grapple gun, but it is a miniature shrunk-down version of the builder grapple gun that came with the BVS wave that you pieced and put together. It's even got the little cartridge on one side that the extra pieces would go in. Uh, and yeah, it's not the exact same on either side. It's not just duplicated. So really great detail there. Uh, really do like the back cuffs. They're a bit uh, rubbery, so you can actually fit them over most figures' hands and repose them around and connect that in. Uh, so I really do like having a Batman that's kitted out with all these 
uh, different pieces because it is one of the cool things of Batman. It's Uh, it's an impressive array of accessories. I'm trying to think of a a figure that came with even close to that much stuff. Yeah, particularly for the uh, Mattel uh, 6th Multiverse figure, I think... The Green Arrow would probably be the only one that would come close to mm. challenge. Oh, well, would actually challenge him um, there. Mm. Uh, but it also means, like, if you're looking at picking up a Batman, particularly here in Australia, and you're not trying to build the grappling hook uh, gun from the Batman vs Superman wave, I'd recommend the Suicide Squad one hands down. You've got the different cow that's much more smoothed off than nicer. Uh, as I said, he's got a bit of a fat head, but it does look better for your group shot if you're trying to do a Justice League. He's got so many more accessories that he comes with, and he seems to be turning up at a much cheaper price. So uh, he is the best of the basic Batmans uh, done through. So if you are looking, I would uh, recommend this be the guy that you track down. That said, when it comes to a Dolly rating, uh, I think he kind of sits around the Suicide Squad movie for me where he's good, but he's nothing super amazing standouts. Uh, I wouldn't recommend buying him. I wouldn't recommend not buying him. So I'd probably say <laughs> six out of ten here. And he's one that uh, it just depends how you feel and you make up your own mind uh, with him there. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Any thoughts, Justin? You uh, aren't picking up any of these extras for your DC collection? Uh, no, not really. I'm, I'm like like you, Ben, strictly a comic <laughs> comic guy. I did see yeah. the um, is it the Bat Gargoyle, whatever it was today at Toys R Us. Um, not collecting this line, but it's very impressive figure. I think that was from the is that from the Nightmare scene from uh, Batman uh, Superman. That's from when he goes to visit his mother's grave in a yeah. dream sequence, and yeah, it yeah, comes, it comes out. out of, yeah, so uh, I did see that one. Um, I did see Harley, which did not impress me at all. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'm not. I couldn't pull the pin. I, I looked at the Nightmare Batman one, but it doesn't really translate well to figure form for me. Um, I do like that scene from that movie. I think it's my favourite scene in the whole movie. But yeah, no, not at this stage. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? I, no, no. I uh, look. I, I'd consider picking up uh, El Diablo. Just uh, you know, in, in uh, the fact that there's just no other version. That's it's an easy yeah. add to the collection. And I mean, uh, it's a reasonable representation of the current version of El Diablo in the comics. So. And I, I, as we were talking before the one, I'd recommend Rick Flag. I actually think he's the other great one who comes kitted out with a lots of. Uh, bits and pieces and potentially the only version we'd be getting of Rick Flag and the costume's f- kind of fairly accurate to uh, his old style being a yellowish uh, shirt with a bit of overlay but um, yeah yeah fingers crossed we get a comic book version of him because I love Ostrander's suicide run mm, and so mm. that's what I recommend if I go to recommend something I don't recommend the Batman figure go if you like Suicide Squad Go read the Ostrander um, Suicide Squad run. If you're disappointed with Suicide Squad, the movie, go read Ostrander's Suicide Squad run. It's uh, fantastic. I was reading an issue the other day about a billionaire who was drumming up 
um, some racial tension in the States and it was causing <laughs> uh, some issues there of police authority going out and um, sort of killing some people in uh, poorer areas and then that causing riots that was causing more violence and issues going on. And it's just like this book's from 87, yet it seems to be the world we're living in at the moment. So yes, a great, great bit of series. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. All right, well, thank you, sir. And that was our fourth and final toy of the week. And when we come back after this short break, we'll go through some feedback before we wrap up the show. This is Major Matt Mason, Mattel's man in space, ready for every adventure with all his official equipment. The space station, protected by solar shields. The moon suit, designed for exploration. The space crawler that keeps on going no matter what. Get them together or separately and share the exciting adventures of Major Matt Mason, Mattel's new man in space. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And Adam, you've got some feedback. I do, Ben. Joe Also Art on uh, Facebook has written to us to say, do you think they'll make an Amanda Waller bombshell statue and can R. Crumb design it? Um, yeah, look, I guess it depends which version of Amanda Waller you're talking about. Um, uh, I believe I think more recently she's a bit more, you know, suited to a bombshell, but... See, uh, I, I, I think go the classic larger woman and do, was it sort of the bathing beauties, the larger woman in the older swim trunks? I don't, I don't think it really matters which version of Amanda Waller they do with Robert Crumb. <laughs> uh, got anywhere near it, uh, you know, she'd be pretty, uh, well, I was going to say Rubenesque, but even that's um, a <laughs> slim side for, for Robert Crumb, who, you know, uh, is is no longer with us, unfortunately. Mm. So if you've never seen um, Robert Crumb uh, artwork when he does the ladies, it's uh, on the, the larger voluptuous side. Yeah. But... Uh, Oh, look, I mean, you know, the bombshell line is about uh, reinterpreting classic characters. So, you know, I think uh, really in the scheme of things, it wouldn't be that out of the ordinary to, to work her into some kind of um, sort of stylized uh, bombshell version if they really wanted to do it. Yeah, I think, yeah, bathing beauties, those larger women that have yeah. the old swim fashion. My auntie used to have a ton of bathing beauty statues. Yeah, <laughs> that could work well. There you are. There's a free one for you, DC. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right, gentlemen, we, we made it. Skype issues uh, notwithstanding, mm. we are at the end of the show. Indeed. And, uh, thank you for helping to uh, pilot the ship, etc. Yeah, no worries. Well, thanks for being a captain. That's, yeah. that's all right. <laughs> and we'll close this one out and we will catch you next week. Bye. Good. Bye. Good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. 
while you're at actionfigureplease.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, the Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.